Want to be confident when talking about yourself and explaining what you do? Join my free 21-day confidence building course. You'll learn how to construct a personal elevator pitch, learn how to not be awkward in social situations, how to have awesome conversations, among other important skills to help you crush life. Best of all, it's free. Sign up now at freeconfidencecourse.com. From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors, and this is Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Christina Cantors and I am so grateful that you are taking some time out of your day to spend with me. Now, I just spent the weekend in Perth at a three-day intensive workshop called Self Mastery, and it's by Young and Wildly Successful, or YWS for short. Now, YWS helps young people live life on their own terms and be phenomenal, and they do this through seminars, workshops, and online training programs. Now, I'm actually interning with YWS to learn how to become a phenomenal speaker, business person, sales ninja, coach, all that, and the CEO, Calvin Coyles, is an absolute force of nature, and so far it's been an honor to be mentored by him. The Self Mastery Weekend was an incredible experience and and in this episode, I'd like to share with you five key things that I learned from the workshop. Now, I can't put everything that I learned into one podcast episode because we just learned so much and I'm actually still absorbing a lot of the things that we did, but I will share some key learnings with you that will help you hopefully live a phenomenal life. But that is, of course, if you want to. If you're happy with a life that's all right or not bad, then maybe just stop listening now. I'm serious. Switch off and go back to your cat videos. Okay. You still here? Right on. I like you. Okay. Let's get into it. Lesson number one. Success leaves clues. We all have areas of life that we are more successful in than others. So, for example, you might be super successful in your business or job, but maybe your health is suffering. Or you have an amazing social life with loads of friends, but your personal growth is lacking. In the workshop, we actually went through and gave ourselves a score out of 10 for each area of life. So that is health, work, personal growth, cash flow, family, relationship, social life, and hobbies. And we gave ourselves a score out of 10 for each one, and that helped us to see which areas we're excelling at and which ones require the most growth. Now, I strongly encourage you to do this too. And in your highest ranking areas, look for the clues to your success. Or in other words, write down the things that make you successful at that thing or in that area. And when you figure that out, see if you can map them across to your areas of growth. So see what you're doing that makes you successful in one area and do the same thing in your area of growth. And if that's tricky, find someone who is successful in an area that you're not and simply ask them how they did it. Ask them what they do on a daily basis what, you know, what are their habits? What do they read? Who do they follow? Just all the things that help them get to that point. 
It's it's very simple and it's much quicker than figuring it out all by yourself. I remember being in Japan a couple of years ago with my family, and I was snowboarding with my sister Lise. Now, Lise is an amazing snowboarder. She's she's much much better than me, and I've always wanted to be a better snowboarder. But the thing is, I'm not really much of a risk taker. I'm not very gung ho. But Lise, on the other hand, is fearless, and she just goes for it. So when we were riding our snowboards together, I asked her, "How do I tackle this slope?" What do I do so I don't stack over this jump? How am I going to make it through the trees without knocking myself out? And she would give me her advice, and she would lead me and show me how to do it. And by simply following her, I went down slopes I would have never done myself, and I took risks that I would have been way too cautious to take on my own. And over the course of that trip, I just I improved immensely, much much faster than if I had been learning at my own pace. So lesson one, in any area that you want to improve at in life, see if you can map over what you do from your success areas, or go and find someone who is successful and figure out how they do it and follow them. Lesson number two is all about reframing. Now, reframing is a really good way to help shift negative attitudes. Do you know someone who tends to look at the worst in every situation or person? I think we all know someone. Not you, of course, though. <laughs> But if, just if, sometime in the future, you find yourself getting angry or frustrated or simply responding negatively to something, do a reframe and think of it in a different way, and this will start to really、um, create these patterns of positive thinking and therefore positive behaviour. I'll give you an example. Just last night, actually, my mum was talking about how she'd volunteered to go door knocking for a charity. But when they told her that she had to door knock at the houses on her street, she freaked out because she was worried about what her neighbors would think. She said, "I don't want to do it anymore. I'm I'm sure my neighbors will feel obliged to give more money because they know me, and then they'll resent me for making them feel feel that way. It would be much easier if I was door knocking on strangers' houses instead." She was actually considering paying someone else to do it for her, so she didn't have to do it. And I said, "Hang on." Isn't it great that you get to door knock to people you already know? Then you'll have immediate rapport with them, and they'll actually want to talk to you instead of slamming the door in your face. And they'll probably want to donate more because they know you. She said, "Oh, I didn't think about it that way." So she had assumed it to be a negative situation, and the problem is when you do this over and over again, it becomes a pattern, and then you start to automatically find these negative meanings in everything. And when you can turn it around to be more positive, you actually become aware of new possibilities and opportunities. So when I was in Perth last weekend, actually, I received a text from Jetstar, the airline, to say that they'd cancelled my flight back to Melbourne. And when I called to change it and to get on another flight, they said the only other flight we can put you on is one forty-five a.m. on Monday. Now. I was not happy about this, but I didn't really have much choice, so I had to go with the one forty-five a.m. flight. Now, my initial response to this situation was, "Damn it! Now I have to leave in the middle of the night after a full day and evening at this workshop. I'm going to be exhausted, and on top of that, I'm not going to have any sleep, so I'm going to be a total mess on Monday." But then I realized that cracking the shits and getting angry 
really wasn't going to improve my situation. So I reframed the situation and I thought, okay, isn't it great? I get to be home 12 hours earlier than originally planned because it meant that I could actually be in time. I could be back in time to go on a ski trip with my family. Yes, my parents had invited me to go away with them, but originally I was going to be home quite late and I wouldn't have had time to pack and get organized. And arriving 12 hours early made it possible. And now I'm actually recording this podcast at the ski resort, which is why the podcast is a bit later than usual because I spent the morning out snowboarding. So sorry, not sorry. (laughs) So anyway, I'm actually grateful that my flight got cancelled because it meant I had the opportunity to go on a holiday with my family. So next time you find yourself thinking a negative thought, I challenge you to reframe it. So for example, you might think, he never calls me, doesn't he care about me? A reframe could be, isn't it great that he gives me my space? Or perhaps you're thinking, I hate being stuck in traffic. You could reframe it as, isn't it great I get extra time to have a good conversation with my partner while we're stuck here in traffic? You see what I mean? Okay, cool. Okay, moving on to lesson number three, and this is about how to increase your focus. Now, this is something that Calvin did in the workshops rather than telling us. Um, but it was something that I noticed and he told me later that this is what he did. Now, to keep everyone focused and paying attention, he made sure that the air conditioning was blasting and it meant that the room was quite cold, but it kept us all awake. Plus, he got us up and moving every 60 to 90 minutes. Now, apparently our brains get stagnant after about 90 minutes of inaction. So he would crank the music, he'd get us up and dancing, stretching and giving us, and giving each other a shoulder massage. And it really worked. I found it really helped to keep me alert. And this definitely helped considering the workshops went from like 8 a.m. till 11 p.m. So whether you're speaking to a group or simply trying to stay focused on your own work, make sure that you get up and move every 90 minutes at least. Maybe even get a colleague to give you a massage. That's um not bad for team building, right? And make yourself slightly uncomfortable to force yourself to pay attention. So you can make the room a little bit chilly or another solution I found is to work standing up. I find that I'm much more focused and productive when I'm standing as I can't sort of be slumping down in my chair. And stand, when I'm standing there, I'm slightly uncomfortable. So in my head, I'm going, just get this work done and then you can go sit down. Okay, lesson number four. Be at cause, not effect. Let me explain. So when you're at effect, you go through life with things happening to you and being affected by them, by external things, and you're powerless to do anything about it. Do you know someone who is always saying things like, oh, this happened to me, therefore I can't do this? And they have this attitude of, it's outside my control, or I just have the worst luck. Now, this is not a useful attitude. It does not help you at all. You're essentially going through life totally powerless, constantly reacting to things, making excuse after excuse as to why you can't do something or why you're not achieving anything. Not useful at all. On the other hand, when you're at cause, you are the one who controls things in your universe and you make things happen. You step up and take responsibility. And when good things come your way, 
It's not just luck. You did the hard work to get you to that point, and you saw the opportunity and you took it. This is what it means to be at cause. George Bernard Shaw once said, "People are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want, and if they can't find them, make them." I love that. So I challenge you to be the master of your own universe and be at cause, not at effect. And the fifth and final lesson I'm going to share with you today is to divorce the story and marry the truth. So Calvin taught us that our actions or inaction are often determined by the stories we tell ourselves. And these are stories that we've created based on our past experiences, or stories we've been told by others. For example, for most of my life, I believed that in order to be successful, you needed to study hard at school, get a good result in year 12, so you can get into university, and study hard there, so you can get a good job, so you can earn lots of money, to be secure, so you can buy a house, so you can raise a family. That's the story I was told, and as I believed in that story, I acted in accordance with it. I studied hard at school and I passed with flying colours. Tick that box. I got into university. I graduated six years later with a master's degree. Tick that box. I applied for a job. I got one shortly after graduating. Tick tick tick. I did all of that because that was the story of success I had been told and what I had been telling myself. Now the truth, on the other hand, is that success is different for everyone. And once I discovered that success for me didn't mean the job, the career, the four-bedroom house, etc., I was able to actually abandon that story and live my truth. And my truth is doing what I'm doing now. Another story I told myself was I could never give up coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, I'm sure you can relate to this. I'd functioned on coffee for so long, and when I'd, I met People who had given up coffee, I'd say, "Oh, I could never do that. I need my morning coffee." So that was the story. And every time you say something like this, you're reinforcing this story in in your mind. But then I did a challenge with my gym, where I ate really healthily and I gave up coffee and alcohol actually for eight weeks. And by the end of it, I was actually fine, and I discovered my truth, which is. I can actually function without coffee. Yes, I really can. I don't actually need it. And it's funny when I tell people now that I gave up coffee for eight weeks, they they respond the same way I used to. So they tell themselves the same story. They say, "Oh, I could never give up coffee." So think about what story you're telling yourself, and how much truth is there to that story. And you may find that the story is actually holding you back from achieving the things that you really want. So once you uncover the story, divorce that sucker, and marry the truth. So there you go, five out of the plethora of lessons that I learned during the three-day self-mastery workshop with young and wildly successful. They they actually have a few courses coming up in Melbourne. If you're interested, check out youngandwildlysuccessful.com for details. 
Just as a side note, they're not paying me to say this, by the way. I genuinely think what they're doing is amazing, and I just want to spread the word because I I really got a lot out of it. And uh, I'll put links to where you can connect with Calvin and the team at YWS in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash success. I want to say a big thank you to Calvin and Jason, David and Sue for making the weekend so brilliant. I'm also really grateful to have met and hung out with the incredible people who took the course with me. Now, when you spend three intense days with a group of people and you're all sharing incredible vulnerability, you tend to bond. And I just want to say I'm so proud of our group. And if you were, if you're listening now and you were at the weekend with me, I want to say a big thank you for sharing the experience with me, for being extremely brave and for, as Calvin would say, going all chips in or playing full out, right? (laughs) And I'm excited to say that I now have a network of friends in Perth. Oh, yeah. I got friends in all the right places. No, 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 no. Okay, all right, moving on. And that brings me to the end of episode 26. And I want to dedicate this ukulele song to my awesome self-mastery buddies over in Perth. It's Shut Up and Dance, which is song that we listen to quite a bit throughout the course of the weekend. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy.